Your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. Let's stand. Father, we enter into worship this morning and we do acknowledge that your word is life. Lord, it's your word that brings understanding. It's your word that is truth. It's your word that brings life. So Father, this morning as we worship you, I pray that Holy Spirit, you will lead us and guide us into all truth. Through your word, through the the spoken word, through the written word, through the sung word, through the, the rhema word in our hearts, that your life and truth will be evident to all. Father, I pray that everyone who came with a need is met with you today, is met by you today. Everyone who has come with a question that your word illuminates the answer. Father, we are hungry for you today. We need you more today than we've ever needed you before. And so, Father, as we worship together, I pray that we be of one heart and one mind and one soul. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You are wonderful. You are wonderful. You are Lord. And Lord, we give you the Lordship of this day the Lordship of this time together. You are Lord. Your will be done. On earth, in this place, in our hearts, as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've had a number, quite a few, of you who have asked about what the dates are for next year's week devoted to God. And we have put that on the schedule. Uh, Pastor Greg has put that on the website. And those dates will be December 31st, because the first is on a Monday. The December 31st through March, or March, yeah, through, we have the two months devoted to God. The week devoted to God, so January 6th, Saturday, January 6th. So we'll begin the evening of, well, we'll start on Sunday morning, obviously, uh, January or December 31st, but the evening meeting will be at 7 o'clock that night. You'll still have time to go to your New Year's Eve parties and stay up all night long. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but that will start on December 31st, and we'll go through January 6th. A number of people, excuse me, <clears throat> number of people want to take their vacation and uh, and plan their whole time there. I encourage that. I've encouraged that before, but I know there, there's some people that are actually starting to do that. Because to me, the evening meetings were wonderful. They really were. They were very wonderful. They were a great time of worship, a great time of ministry from the different uh, folks that ministered while we were there. But to me, the day meetings is where the power is. That is it's just amazing. Actually, Ricky, come on up. You, you acknowledged, you said yes, you, you acknowledged. Come up, come up here. I want, you, I want you to share that real quick. Because she has a testimony about those meetings that I, I think you need to hear. It's, I know you need to hear it. And also, uh, along with that, uh, 
Tom. Tom needs to hear it because she, you need to talk to Tom afterwards at some point in time about this also. Because, well, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. That's what happens when you nod your head. You just, you know, you just... I... <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> I got sick last, early last October with bronchitis, which hung on a long time, and out of that, I ended up being diagnosed with mono, and I spent most of October, November, and December sleeping. Never had mono, didn't know what it meant. Um, being my age, you know, of course, I was really depressed and felt my life was over, whatever, anyway, but as the year ended, I really felt the Holy Spirit impressing on me that I was supposed to go to the week devoted to God the whole time. And so I obeyed. Um, you did what? <laughs> no, it's important, isn't it? It's, yes, it's, it is. Yes, it is. It's yes, important. it is. I obeyed. I obeyed. I'm not the most obedient person. <laughs> anyway, I obeyed. I walked in Monday morning, and Pastor Greg was standing out in the lobby. And as I walked in, he said, Ricky, you're healed. And I said, oh, okay, I received that. I came all week long. Now, up until that day, up until that Sunday, Sunday afternoon I left church, I went home and slept all afternoon, came here in the evening. Monday, I came, stayed <coughs> all day into the evening. I napped in between sessions in here. Um, and... Anyway, uh, by the end of the week, I, I have not, I, other than the little naps I took during the week, um, there's been no symptoms. And I've been awake. I've actually got my little apartment cleaned. I've caught up on a lot of things. And I walked out of that week healed. Amen. 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 That's a great testimony. It is. It's a great testimony. And and uh, Barb has a also has another testimony from last week. I know some people, but not everybody. So I know. See, there's people who haven't heard it. Testimonies are good. Well, I. I, when that Monday night when we had Tony playing piano and Kath, Kathy was the other girl's name? She, Kayla. 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 Okay. Anyway, um, they were playing some songs that I didn't know, and the first song didn't have any words up or anything, and, and I like to worship with music. And so I was getting frustrated because I couldn't seem to get into worship. And, and, um, so God said to me that, um, um, how come you think you know better than I do what songs I want to hear? <laughs> so um, 
after a little repentance, I got into worship, and um, and while I was worshiping, I had been for two days. I had been trying to clean my spoons. I have uh, several spoon racks. My m- grandmother started the collection, and my mother continued it. And then, uh, when my mom died, then it was passed down to me because nobody else would take care of them. <laughs> and so, I hadn't done anything with them other than wash them for about for two years, and probably two-thirds of them are silver, so I have like over 200 spoons, and and I could only do like about 12 of them a day, and my hands would get so sore because of the arthritis in my fingers. And um, besides that, I'm a quilter, and I hadn't, since it turned cold, I haven't been able to quilt because my hands were too sore. But anyway, so I'm thinking this, and and I'm telling God that my hands hurt. And, and uh, so then I said, well, would you heal them for me? And so I'm worshiping and not singing. <laughs> but um, um, my hands started getting warm in all the knuckles. It, it just felt like bubbles or, you know, it just, and I'm going, wow. <laughs> and so I didn't say anything to anybody. I thought, well, I'm going to, see what happens and and so um, I went home and and that on the on Tuesday then I got out my spoons and trying to clean them and and I cleaned about 50 of them <laughs> and and I only quit because I ran out of time and so I I got here and I realized that my hands weren't hurting after cleaning 50 spoons so I, I'm not saying that since then I haven't had any pain, but I just keep reminding Satan, you're out of here. And uh, so I'm doing very fine. Does anybody else have a testimony from that week? Anyone at all? Any Anybody? Well, come and tell the testimony that did happen. My mom took a fall in Florida in February of last year, and she, you know, they go down there because there's no ice. But there was a mud puddle at a restaurant, and it had just rained, and she did the splits. And she limped horribly for nine months, and we... There's so much protocol now with insurance, so they had to try this first, and then this, and then this, and it takes months to figure out if that would not work. And so finally at the nine-month mark, they could do an MRI, according to insurance, and they found out that she had ripped her muscle right off her bone, and it had split in two all the way up. So she had to have surgery, but at least we knew what the problem was because she had been in so much pain for so long. So my mom and dad were here for the Christmas Eve service, which was amazing. And Jamie did Jamie's idea of the cross on the floor. Oh, if you didn't, if you weren't here, get, become friends with Mary Belshner on Facebook. She's got all kinds of pictures. <laughs> but it was really neat. But anyway, uh, in the Christmas Eve service, I went into the bathroom. I'm like, God, all I want for Christmas is for my mom's hip to be healed. And my mom, you know, limped out of church. It didn't happen that night. But a couple days later, the doctor called, and it, she wasn't going to be able to have surgery till well into January. And the doctor called and said, we can fit you in. You have to be here tomorrow. 
So she flies up here, and she had her surgery at Lakeview, and it was just miraculous that she had it so quickly. And she's on her way to recovering. And so I missed all of the meetings. I was at home because I was taking care of my mom. It's a really brutal recovery. No, she couldn't put any weight on her leg, so she's on a walker and hopping on one foot. And Anyway, it's going to be a long road to recovery, but made quicker, and hopefully, in Jesus' name. But anyway, Amen. we're sitting there, and one night she gets off all of her pain meds, and she said, Deb, I have no pain. And before... Her hip problems, she had taken a leave twice a day for years and years and years and years for arthritis before any of all this happened. She's like, Deb, all my pain is gone. I don't need it for anything. My hip doesn't hurt. My, uh, my good hip doesn't hurt. My back doesn't hurt. Nothing hurts. She's like, I'm healed. So anyway, praise God. Anybody else? God's doing stuff. God's doing stuff. But it's being, it's being obedient to him. Being obedient to do the things that you're supposed to do. To, it's, it's, he's adjusting us. Amen? Amen. Brian. Well, good morning, world changers. Good morning. God is good. It's been a while since I've been up here. Uh, Christmas program, I suppose. Week before Christmas program. So has everybody had a good year so far? All right. God wants us to have good years every year. And I will show you that in Psalm 65. So we'll turn to Psalm 65. We'll start at verse 5. I'm going to skip around a little bit, but... Um, by awesome deeds in righteousness, you will answer us, O God of our salvation. You who are the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of the far-off seas, who establish the mountains by his strength, being clothed with power. And now I'm going to skip to 11, which is the verse I want to get to. You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. And notice it says your paths, God path, God's paths, not ours. Obedience, right, Ricky? God's paths. We've got to do what he wants us to do, what he tells us to do. So let me ask you, um, what are you expecting for 2017? Are you expecting the goodness, God? Are you expecting abundance? Hmm? I, <clears throat> I'm expecting good things from God this year in 2017. Now, I'll have to confess that the previous several years, I really wasn't putting myself out there and expecting much. Um, and I'm a planner. I, I enjoy planning. I enjoy putting goals together, establishing visions, doing all that stuff. And I would say, I don't know, a handful of years ago, no, not, probably not that far back, but in a, a couple of years ago, I had gotten to the point where there was, so, you know, go before that a couple of years, I had established some goals, um, I was confessing them, the end of the year came and it didn't change. So I took those goals, put them to the next year. 
I had those goals, wanted them, confessed them, went to the next year. Nothing changed. Took those goals to put them to the next year, and nothing changed. Thankfully, God is merciful. Thank God that he's merciful. He showed me what I was doing wrong. He's good, and he showed me what I was doing wrong. So, now let's turn to Genesis 11. This is the story of uh, the Tower of Babel. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And now nothing they have imagined they can do will be impossible to them. Now consider, this is a bunch of people without a covenant with God. They're not born again. They're not filled with the Holy Spirit. But God is saying nothing they have imagined they can do will be impossible to them. Think about us. We have a covenant with God. We're born again. We have the Holy Spirit. Is anything going to be impossible for what we imagine to do? Okay. So what God had shown me was that we need to see ourselves with what we're believing for, what we're hoping for, what we're planning for, okay? He'd shown me it is impossible for you to have your needs met if you are seeing yourself in lack. That's what I was doing. It is impossible for you to get your needs met, for to re, you re, receive your needs met from God if you continue to see yourself in lack, in debt, not having enough. It's impossible for you to be healed, to, re, you re, to receive your healing if you continue to see yourself sick. It's impossible for you to fulfill the plan of God for your life if you continue to see yourself failing and you see yourself as a failure. That's what God has shown me. And let me give you, I guess let me give you a real, a, a real simple example. Me doing these offering messages. When God first started leading me to, to do these offering messages, I did not want to do them because every time... I thought about getting in front of people, I saw myself failing at it. And the reason why, when, <clears throat> when I was in college, so it would have been my spring semester of my senior year, okay? I had, a, I had an engineering class, and in that class, we were supposed to design a product. We were supposed to come up with a design, we were supposed to go through all of the engineering rigor, um, prove everything out, create, you know, the adequate safety factors, blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of the, at the, end of the course, we're supposed to give a, a presentation. So it's finals week. And it's the end of, I think it was, if I remember correctly, it was the last day of, of finals week. And my brain is fried. My, I'm lacking in sleep. My body is fried. My emotions are fried. Everything is fried. And so <clears throat> I'm up giving this presentation and <laughs> my brain just stops working. It just, it's like it was wiped clean. 
whatever I was talking about, wherever I was going with my points, the presentation, completely gone, completely lost. Had no idea where I was going, what I was doing. And to top that off, I'm standing there wondering what I'm doing and thinking and realizing I'm making a fool of myself. So fortunately, eventually I realized, just start saying something. But it seemed like an eternity. You know, probably was maybe a matter of seconds, but it seemed like an eternity I was saying nothing, just up there saying nothing. So when God started dealing with me about doing this, that's what I saw myself doing. Getting up here, blanking out, making a fool of myself. But, and, and it was I- interesting too. So I was obedient, okay? I was obedient. I started doing this. But for, I don't know how long, probably the first year, the entire worship, entire worship I spent casting down thoughts of me getting up there and failing. And what God showed me, so I had negative expectation. I would be in dread getting ready for this, okay? What God showed me is I needed to replace the negative expectation with positive expectation, with hope. So he showed me that I needed to start just simply seeing myself as an empty, well, an empty, yielded vessel, a yielded vessel filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the anointing, and allowing God to use me to speak and minister to you. <clears throat> and, and doing it well, doing it, you know, doing it successfully. And I'm sure you guys are wondering, okay, sure, you see yourself doing it well. When do I get to see you doing it well? <laughs> we'll get there eventually. So, my point is, we need to replace negative expectation, dread, with positive expectation, hope. Okay? God... And, and, and the other thing to keep in mind is what he has called you to do, he has equipped you to do. He's called you to do some things this year. And he's equipped you to do them. He's given you the grace and the, and the anointing to do them. God wants us to accomplish great things this year, individually and as a body. Okay? But for us to do it, we need to see ourselves with what we're believing for. We need to see ourselves with our needs met. We need to see ourselves healed. As a body, we need to see that addition completed. We need to see ourselves giving what God is leading us to give as part of this project. We, and, and really what it comes down to, we need to see ourselves as the world changers God has called us to be. All right? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the abundance that you want us to have. Father God, thank you for equipping us. Thank you for anointing us. What you have called us to do, you have equipped us to do. Father God, thank you that you do have big plans for us this year. But we must receive them by faith and see ourselves fulfilling it. 
Father, I ask you to, to bless and multiply the tithes and offerings that are presented today. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Brian. <clears throat> so, he just, ex- he just talked about seeing yourself in a certain way and how he experienced getting up in front of his peers and, and having everything go out the window. Welcome to my world. I prepare sermons. I prepare stuff. I do. I prepare ahead of time. I know where I'm going. I have things that are in my heart. God, you know, I, I, I meditate, on, meditate on them all week long. And I'm believing, okay, God, you know, just show me what to say. You know, what, what do your people need to hear? And there are times where I get up to speak and the Holy Spirit says, okay, none of that. Okay, this is what you're going to say. And sometimes he gives me a little more time than usual. Today he gave me no time. It was the moment he said that he got up and, for, and the Holy Spirit says, okay, now I want you to talk about this. And it's like, well, all right. This ought to be exciting because you're going to hear it just as I hear it also. So I need your help this morning. I need your help because I tried looking up the verse that I'm looking for real quick and I couldn't get it in my, my uh, you know, because I'm thinking in King James and it's, uh, I have, I'm trying to type it into an ESV uh, verse finder. The verse, find, the verse that says this, the verse that says that uh, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ, and there's also another verse, and it may be in the same passage, but it's all, it may be two passages, that says, casting down every vain imagination that tries to lift itself. Second, I, I, was, in, I was thinking 2 Corinthians where? 2 Corinthians 5. Thank you. 10. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. Start, the, start everything now. 2 Corinthians 10. Yeah, yeah, 10. Go to 10. Yeah, that'd be good. Verse 4. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Let's just read that again, partly because I need to, but partly because it needs to get sunk deep within us. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. In this world, we live in, we're living behind enemy lines. 
we're living in a world that is anti-Christ, anti-God. Okay, we know that. You've been around long enough. You've been in the Word. Some of you, you know, you, and you've all experienced it. We live in a, in, a, in a world where God says this is the way to do something, and the world system is saying, no, 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 no. That's the way you need to do it. God is saying here, this is the way, this is truth. And the world system is saying, no, 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 truth is way over there. Actually, it's everywhere. Just anywhere you go, it's truth. Just go there. And God says, no, 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 it's, it's narrow. It's very narrow. You know, the wide is the gate that leads to destruction, but narrow is the gate that leads to life. And, and this is truth. And this is truth no matter what anybody says. This is truth. Truth is that Jesus Christ is the only way. It is, he is the only name given unto men which, upon which men, men might believe. It's the only one that saves anyone. It's his name. It is nothing else. It's not even your name. It's not even, you know, in the name of goodness. It's not even, it, there's nothing. The, the narrow gate is the only gate that will lead to life. The rest of it all leads to darkness. All leads to death. All leads to destruction. But there's all kinds of warfare that's going on all the time. And that warfare are those vain imaginations. See, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking in King James, and that's why I can't find it. It doesn't say vain imaginations there. What does it say in that ESV? Anybody? Every lofty opinion. Every lofty opinion. But that says it too, doesn't it? It's every, well, my opinion is, I was witnessing to a guy one time, and I was telling him about Jesus, and I was telling him about you know, what the Word of God says. and Because he had asked me, he says, you're different, why are you the way you are? I said, well, because I'm a Christian. Oh, great, why do you believe that? Blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, my opinion is that Jesus was a space alien. You know? He was a guitar player in a rock band, okay? So there was some chemicals, all right? And the, you know, the chemicals had its effect. And, but he goes, my opinion is, and I, I said, you know, what if your opinion doesn't matter? Well, that's just, that's just not fair. We, all of our opinions matter. No, they don't. There are, there are certain opinions that don't matter. One of them is that Jesus is a space alien, okay? I guess you could just kind of tweak that. Yeah, you're like, okay, he's not from, you know, he's, this world is not my home, okay. Yeah, but he, he was talking about how he came in a spaceship, okay? That's, you know, that's the difference. <laughs> But the lofty opinion, and then there's, there's the lofty opinion that Jesus is a space alien, but then there's the lofty idea that makes sense, doesn't it? Because it, it speaks to the natural. It speaks to what we see every day. It speaks to, uh, it, it speaks to uh, natural wisdom, natural understanding, because there is natural wisdom and natural understanding. There is truth that's just truth, even though it's not spiritual it, it's all true all truth is spiritual because jesus is truth but what i'm saying is you know the the truth is you shouldn't jump off a thousand foot cliff if you want to live that's truth 
That's just natural truth. I, gravity will end you. In that, actually, it's not the gravity; it's that sudden stop at the bottom. So, truth is truth. But then there's truth that 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 is truth. And then there's the lofty opinion, or the vain imagination, as King James put it, the vain imagination that tries to tell you there's another way to do it. Our problem is we've grown up in a world at various levels that has trained us to believe the lofty opinion, as opposed to the truth. I grew up in a system, even a, a religious system, that said God doesn't heal all the time. I remember, you know, my, my, my brother was here last weekend and uh, last Saturday and spoke, actually spoke at the week devoted to God. And I encourage you, he's actually going to fill in for me Wednesday night at, at healing school. So I encourage you to come to that. But... I remember in the 1970s, way back, way back. I know, way back there, Warren, way back. There was only three TV channels. Who said that? You said, yeah. Channel 6 out of Austin, Minnesota. That was one of them. Then there was the grainy Channel 3 out of uh, Mason City. And then Rochester had the big, cha big channel. That was a NBC. Anyway, yeah, anyway. But in the 1970s, he got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I remember being sick, and he walks in, and I'm sick, and every, you know, usually when you're sick, the only one who comes around is mom. Everybody else takes off. See you later. Good luck. But he comes in the room and says, can I pray for you? Well, I, I was only... <laughs> I'm doing the math. 13, 12, 13 years old. And he comes in and says, John, I believe God wants to heal you right now. You know, and, and, and you know, I grew up in the church. I'd been born again since four years old. And I looked at him and said, get away from me, you freak. <laughs> Why? Because the, the idea, the understanding in my head didn't line up with what he was saying but where was he getting his information? He was getting his information from the Word of God. The idea that I had was, was, was the rational, or was the, the accepted thoughts in the, in the society that I lived in, in, in our home, in our church, in our community. I mean, you know, it was farming community. There's a lot of no-nonsense in farm community. You don't mess around with stuff that doesn't matter. You don't mess, you know, and, and, but everybody goes to church because that's what you do. Everybody went to church. Everybody did. But there were the common understood truth was, you got the flu, it's going to have to run the course. And here's this guy walking in and saying, no, there's a different way to live. And he would, he would then tell me, you know, at different times, you know, that God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. I said, man, you are just a, you're weird. He was the weird brother. But he was speaking truth. 
But I couldn't accept it. Why? Because my mind was locked into this is the reality. This is what truth is. Now fast forward a bunch of years. 50 years. 40. 40 years. 13 divided by... Carry the, carry the four. 40 years. I'm 53 years old. I know. I know. Grace of God, I'm telling you, it's the grace. But my kids have never heard anything other than God heals all the time. What happened in those 40 years? What happened in those 40 years is what needs to happen to all of us. Our minds must be renewed by the Word of God, the washing of the Word of God. Our minds, we must be renewed to the truth of His Word. This carries over to everything. And I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm hitting on healing, it's an easy one to hit. But it has to do with everything. Example doesn't seem very spiritual. Right now, you're, you know, if I were to, to say this next part, you're thinking, well, that's not very spiritual. But I'm telling you, it is one of the most spiritual things that we're doing right now, and it means more than you'll than, than any of us knows that I know because God's still revealing it to me. The idea that you're sitting on two thirds in two thirds of the sanctuary rather than not using that side at all. And thank you all for shifting. Sliding over to this side, I appreciate it. Those, the, you know, your usual seats over here, you're welcome. <laughs> and you think, well, why is that spiritual? It's spiritual for this reason. Why are we here? Why do we, why do we come together on a Sunday morning? Why do we gather together as the body of Christ once a week? Twice a week, three times. Why do we do this? The reason we do this, because I, I, I'm always thinking about this. What is the purpose of Sunday morning? What is the purpose of a Wednesday night meeting? What's the purpose of the freedom group? What's the purpose of, because I want to fulfill the purpose. I don't want to just get together and have a meeting. We don't need to get together to have another meeting. Many of you work in the, in the, in the, in the factory world or the, the, the office world, and your meetings every week, you know, I mean, how many of them are all totally fulfilling and useful and needful every meeting you go to every week no most of them are just like what are we doing here well what are we doing here why do we get together what's this all about what's wednesday night for why why is it important to me that you're here what why is it important to me that you're here on a wednesday night the reason is we need to have our minds washed with the water of the word. Because we live in a world that is constantly telling you that God can't. And we need to have our minds renewed to believe that he can. And it's a constant battle. Every moment of every day you are constantly being bombarded with a message that God can't or doesn't want to or has no plan or doesn't care about you. Whatever the, whatever the lie is, you're not healed. He can't provide for you. You're going to fail. You can't speak in public. 
you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't be this, you can't be, you can't go there, you can't, you can't. You can't be who God's called you to be. That, all of that stuff is lie. But it's been so inundated. And it was inundated well before. Well before media is the way it is. But now it's constant. Everybody hold up your cell phones that are open right now. Don't face it toward you. Hit the button to close it in case you're on Facebook or whatever else you're on right now. But there are, there's electronic devices that we're plugged into all day long. And the, what's coming through it has varying levels of truth to it. The Word of God has to become, must become preeminent in our life. That's one of the things the Holy Spirit said all week long, all week long during the week devoted to God, is that the Word of God, and the Word of God, as we know from John, John 1, 1, or John, the first chapter of John, that Jesus is the Word. He must be preeminent. Truth. Jesus says he, that he was the way, the truth, and the life. He's the truth. He must be preeminent. His word, the word that he spoke, must be preeminent. Every word in the Bible is his word. It must be preeminent. It is truth when everything else says that it's not. It's still truth. And you will get a fight. You will get hammered and hammered and hammered and hammered. Every moment of every day telling you that it's not truth. You have to counteract that with truth. And we're all in it. We're all in it. You know, Rick, Ricky, I don't know if you can't remember if you said the, the part about this week, you know, that, that you still are standing and tell, you know, telling, the, telling Satan he's a liar. Barb said the same thing. She's having to continue to stand. The things I'm walking in, with, with, with the things that, that I'm healed in and, and I'm standing for my healing, I'm constantly having to say, no, that, is, that symptom is not the truth. The truth is the word of God that says, I am. There's constantly a nagging lie that says that building isn't going to get built. And I have to keep saying, no, in the name of Jesus, it is built. Amen. God's already provided for it. It's a done deal. Now we, need to, we call it into being. We call that building in, paid for, in full, built perfectly, and used to the fullest. Filled up. So why does sitting in two-thirds have anything to do with it? Because of this. Because I'm, I'm praying too, God, when, when can I stop messing with people? When can I stop doing this? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're praying, yeah. When, when, do we get, when do I get to stop? Because I don't like messing with people. And he says, one of the things that's happening by doing this is you're getting used to have, having to move. You're getting used to having somebody go, hey, can I sit next to you because I can't sit over there and there's no seats available. You're getting used to having to move in, slide in, move over, back up, come forward. Because in normal life, when everybody's spread all over everywhere and a new person comes in and they're looking and going, I don't see how I can get past it because every one of the end rows is covered. Everybody has an look at these. There's you know the two front rows. Yeah, I'll give you that. But all the rest of the rows, except one, has somebody in the end. 
excuse me, can I get past you, is not something a new person's going to say. And if they're looking, if they're standing going, ah, there's no way I can, ah, there's an open seat there. I hate being in the middle. Ah. And the usher notices that there's somebody can't get a seat. And so the, the second worst thing of, than having to ask somebody to move is having an usher coming over going, can you move for this person, please? Because that person's going, oh, crud. Now we got the law involved. And everything, all of this, is about people. All of this is about people. And we have to renew our minds. We have to, we have to change. And, and the lofty idea is, I'm an, I'm an American. I don't want people sitting next to me. I don't... I don't need, I don't, I don't, there's already four people in this row of ten. That's enough. The law, the truth of law of, of Minnesota space, Wisconsin space, has been fulfilled. Nobody else needs to come in this row. It's all about people. How can we help people? What, how can we remove the barriers for someone who doesn't know Jesus to have the easiest path in to hear the word of God. Now that's here. Another, another thing that you're constantly being told you can't do. You're constantly being told that you can't pray for somebody and they'll be healed. Constantly. How do I know that? Because I'm being constantly told that. I get up here on many Sundays and I go, you know what? This week, look for somebody to pray for. And all week long, I'm going, oh, Lord. If I have to pray for somebody, I just pray they get healed. You know, because I just, this, you know, this time, I want them to be miraculously, instantly healed so that I'm not standing there going, what just happened? Or what just didn't happen? But you're constantly told. You've all heard it. Why don't we pray for people? What happens if nothing happens? That thought has to be washed out of our minds. How much effort did Peter have to do to walk on water? But how much of, of his ability and power caused him to be buoyant? None. How much of Lazarus's ability was it for him to be raised from the dead? Zero. I'm going to ask you, this is a very interesting, how much of Jesus's power did he have to exert to rise from the dead? None. It says that God raised him. That God raised him from the dead. How much effort do you have to do? How much do you have to exert for someone to be healed? It's not, it's not up to you. It's not that whether someone is healed or not is not up to you. Whether that money comes in for the building expansion 
is not up to me. It's not, I'm not daily going, Fifty bucks. <laughs> it's not about effort. It's about grace. And the only way we can walk in that grace is to have our mind renewed. We have to have our minds renewed in every area. How many of you, how many of you walk by faith every day of every year of your life. Right. That's the problem. I only raised my hand as an example in case somebody was, you know, you know what to do. This is what raising the hand looks like. I catch myself doubting. I find, I, I get into situations and realize, yeah, I didn't, I didn't completely believe that one. I'm trying to, I'm believe, you know, I want to, my desire is there, I hope, I'm wanting to, I'm aiming towards it, I'm getting better, better than I was 30 years ago, better than I was 20 years ago, better than I was 10 years ago, better than I was a week ago. But how do I walk by faith more and more every day? It's by staying connected to the vine, which is the word, which is Jesus. Staying connected to that vine and continually drawing. Because wherever you're at today, you could be much farther a year from now. But you can't do it by doing what you're doing today. You can't get... If you could, do, if you could get there by doing what you're doing today, you would be there. But you're not. I'm not. I know there's farther. I know there's deeper. There's deeper into the things of God. There's farther. And, and, and that doesn't negate what you do every day for your life because going deeper and further with Him enhances what you do every day of your life. It fulfills what you do every day of your life. But you have to grow and you have to be in your Word, in the Word. And sometimes it's, well, it has to be every day in, in, in the Word for yourself. But there is also teaching that needs to be done. Why do we get together on a Sunday morning? I believe, I know that primarily what Sunday morning for is to show you direction. As the leader, as the pastor of the church, is to say, we're headed this way. Walk with me. Follow the red flag. Follow, come, come. That's what shepherds do. They walk and the sheep follow. That's what, that's what Sunday morning is. We're going this way, folks. And for years I've been saying we're going this way. Where we're going is the valley. We're going to see this whole valley, one for Christ. Amen. We're going to see every person hear the word of God, have, a, have the clearest, most perfect opportunity to hear the glory, hear about the word of God, the, the, the truth of the word of God, and to experience his power. Another part of the direction is you're all going to be doing it. That's the part where it's going, Yeah, but you don't understand. That's <laughs> Preach it, Deb. Preach it with the word. It's the talking Bible. I've done that in two. Yeah. How many of you heard that? Yeah, a few of you did. Yeah, 
I was in a church service with the youth group one time up in this little, little tiny town in, in Big Fork, Minnesota. And there were, we doubled the size of the church service that morning. And so there were like 10 people there and we doubled it, over doubled it. And in the middle of the service, I thought, what does that button do? <laughs> you know? Yeah, don't do that. Because uh, it started talking, but I had it complete, as loud as it could go. And it was the, uh, yeah, it was really embarrassing. All right. It was not the Song of Solomon. Yeah, praise God. You're going to get me off track here. Don't do that. Renewing your mind. Renewing your mind by the washing of the wa- with the water of the Word. It's growing in Him. Part of the direction is you need to have your mind renewed. How many of you this week are ready to go lay hands on the sick and they will recover? I know. There's a bunch. But all of us are supposed to be doing it. All of us are supposed to be walking in this. I'm telling you, I am more convinced today than I've ever been convinced that all of us are to walk in that kind of power. But if you don't know how to, then you need to learn how to. And where can you learn how to? One of the ways is Wednesday night Bible school. We have two more classes. One is this Wednesday. My brother's going to come in and fill in for us. You're going to be blessed. Anybody who heard him preach last week, you're going, I'm going to be there on Wednesday night. I'm telling you, anointed man of God. And then even better is I'll be back the next Wednesday. (laughs) And I'll have another teaching. But then in February, we're going to be starting more classes up. And by next Sunday, we will have the schedule of what those classes look like. Part, we, one of them is how to live a victorious life. How many of you want to live a victorious life? In every area of your life. How many are living a victorious life in area, every area of your life right now? How many are getting closer? I'll give you we'll give some room here. Okay, good. We're getting there. But how can we do more? The Bible says that those who have, even more will be given to to them. Those who do not have, even what they have will be taken away. I heard uh, David Maloney, if you remember David Maloney at all, he said God gave him wisdom into that verse. He says, the people, you put on a conference about healing, who are the ones that primarily come? The healthy. The healthy. When you give a financial conference, who are the ones that usually come? Those who are doing well in their finances. The ones who don't, the ones who aren't, are usually the ones who don't come. Even those who, don't, even those who do not have, even what they have will be taken from them. But to those who have, even more. He said, it's, it's, it, there's a spiritual principle about getting more, learning more. The, the more you can get of God, the more you'll be able to walk in the power, not just for yourself, but for, 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 the, for the community, the world, your neighbor, your friend, your, your loved one, whatever it is, you're walking in that power but you're not going to do it we're not going to do it by doing what we've always done because here is where we are which is good i love you i love this place i love you i love what's going but we can go further there's more god is so much bigger but it's by being obedient it's by being obedient it's by being obedient not to me I just get to be the guy that's in the front. Looks like you're following me. You're really following him. 
You're following Jesus. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I just get to be in a different position in the line. But follow me because that's my heart. My heart is all of us rise up. Every one of us walk in the fullness of what God's calling us into. There's more. There's more. Let's stand. This year is going to be amazing. Absolutely amazing. This year is going to be amazing. You're going to see things this year that you've been believing for and wanting to experience, walking in an anointing of the Holy Spirit, walking in the provision of God, things that you have been believing for and praying for and maybe you've even gotten heart sick over and you haven't been able to walk in it fully. This year you're going to walk in it. As long as you follow. As long as we follow. As long as I follow. As long as you follow. As long as we follow him as he leads, you will walk in the fullness. But it's in staying connected, staying a part of it. And it's not just for self-preservation. It's to be built up to be able to give into other people's lives. Overflow into other people's lives. Father, I can't say it enough. We need you more today than we've ever needed you before. We need more of your word, more of your anointing, more of your presence. We need you more today. Father, show us how to receive more. Show us what's filling up our cup that won't allow you to come in more. Help us to dump that out. And how to only allow what you have for us. Your perfect everything. Your perfect love, your perfect will, your perfect truth. You. How do we allow you into our life more every day? Help us, Father. Help us to get there. Every step of the way. In Jesus' name, amen.